0: Hello everyone and welcome to Lag Radio here with me, Marma the Mid Boss. I am hosting the show this evening, not at your normally scheduled time. No, tonight we have an extra special episode as promised, as foretold in an episode prior. We last uh, time talked about Pokemon Crystal. We went over all of its history development and all that fun stuff over the last episode with a bunch of the guys here at Lag Radio, but I decided I would bring in a specialist to talk about a very special topic regards to uh, Pokemon. So, I'd like to welcome Miguel.
1: Hi, how you doing?
0: <laughs> I'm doing fine, how you doing, sir?
1: I'm doing good.
0: Great. All right. Now, first off, you've been at KCI for a little while.
1: Yes. Uh, I was here for about four years, um, and I'm still here intermittently. Um, can't seem to leave. So, yeah. but in a good way, in a good way, in, yeah. in the best of ways, I think.
0: Well, I definitely miss your show.
1: Oh, I'm, I miss it too sometimes, oh. um, but all in due time. You know? That's true. That's true. Maybe in the future.
0: Maybe. Never know. So, this evening, Miguel is going to discuss with us a very important topic to Pokemon that is maybe not something that you think about when you first think, oh, I'm just going to pick up this cool, fun game on the shelf and just play out this RPG that, uh, you know, maybe you played in your childhood and stuff. No, we're going to be talking about something much more hardcore. We're going to be talking about competitive Pokemon battling. That's right. Oh, yes. Yeah. There is apparently a huge scene
1: for yeah. competitive Pokemon battling. Actually, we just had the uh, VGC tournaments in Latin America and they crowned their champions. I think um, the like champion gets a $250,000 cash prize, which is like if, you know, if you're dedicated to playing Pokemon. Well, actually any esport um yeah. That's ch- that's a chunk of change.
0: That is a chunk of change. Now, so, you mentioned VGDC, is that right?
1: Uh, VGC, uh, Video Game Competition. Competition. So they're kind of, I don't know too much about them, um, but they're kind of uh, the hosts of these giant uh, Pokemon tournaments where you get mm-hmm. international people from across um, the different nations of the world and you have them compete. I think um, most people tend to come from the U.S. or... Uh, Japan or UK, you know, kind of hot spots like that. Um, but I think one of the last champions in the junior division was from Slovakia. Ooh. So you kind of get like these uh, different people who are like more than likely flown out, um, you know, all expenses paid to oh, sure. to go to these giant competitions and try to win for their country's glory. So it's kind of some, I don't know, some gladiator stuff until you realize that they're just like, pressing buttons on a DS and you're like, oh, <laughs> huh. Um, but it really is like a battle of wits. Um, so the tournaments are, are, they take place in person, mm. but they also have um, emulators that you can practice on online. Uh, one of the biggest being Pokemon Showdown, um, which is available uh, by um, the way of Smogon University, mm. uh, which kind of serves as like um, both an encyclopedia of Pokemon and um, kind of a... History of move sets and and you know tidbits like that and nuances in, in competitions and battling, um, but it also serves as the host of uh, Pokemon Showdown, also called PS, uh, and so there you can emulate different battles with real time um, you know people, and uh, it's actually really convenient because you're not paired by a win loss ratio system. Mm. So when you think of um, you know matchups. Um, oftentimes, you know, let's say Battlefield, if it's a team deathmatch, you're put into uh, a big crew where even if some people are not as good and like newbies, um, other people on the team can kind of carry them. And so if you have some people who are level one, some people who are level hundreds, it evens out. Um, Whereas Pokemon is it's it's one on one. um, And so it's more of a battle of, you know, wits Mm -hmm. and like predicting the other players moves and, and kind of uh, being ready for anything um, while on the battlefield. And so they have this system called uh, ELO, and I'm not sure what it stands for, Mm. but basically you start at a base number, which for Smogon is 1,000, and then you um, win and lose depending on, or you you win points and lose points depending on your matchups. So say if you're at, I don't know, 1,100, um elo and then you're matched with someone who's also 1100 then you can move up uh 50 points to 1150 but if you're matched with someone who's you know a thousand then you can only move up 20 points so it kind of keeps it even and there's also um mechanic on the elo rating system of decay which is that if you don't play games consistently like throughout the week your number will just start to automatically decay and that kind of prevents fraud and and like there's always going to be hacks in the system, but it kind of prevents um it prevents people from getting a, a huge ELO rating and then just kind of saying, OK, that's it. I'm done. Yeah. And and kind of just keeping their king spot. It's it's a way for it to be always contested and and, you know, much like other esports, anytime there's an update or a new generation, new characters, then strategies are going to be overruled, and you're going to have just a mass change of of how the game's played.
0: Sure, there, well, there's a lot to unpack there. So let's see. What do I want to get to first? First off, yes, Elo definitely a big thing in in any pretty much any eSport. I, I recall way back in like 2001 or whenever it was that I started playing League of Legends, mm-hmm. Elo was a thing. Yeah, right. That's it's uh, apparently it comes from chess. It comes from a rating system that was developed by a long time ago by. Uh, some old white guy, of course, yeah. as most things are, and uh, it was just a way of calculating uh, ratings in a zero-sum game. So yeah, it's been around for a while, and uh, it's definitely important to understand how Elo's work because otherwise, like you said, you can just you could reach the the top of the mountain, but you can't just sit back.
1: Yeah, and also I I really appreciate how it's not like because you could easily put a win loss ratio, and it would be mathematically a lot simpler. You know, just be like twenty five percent of matches are won. But it doesn't take into account who you're playing against mm-hmm. because it's always it's like uh why I kind of talk about like Twitch streamers and like how I, I don't really like to watch them when they're just playing with the general audience because like mm. you know shroud and ninja are really good of course <laughs> they're going to beat everyone who's you know just the base player it's probably like some 12 year old but when they're in a tournament and they actually have to bring out the, like the big guns oh yeah then it's 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 more impressive to me and that's kind of what elo does it's you know there's um there's a feature on pokemon showdown where you can actually watch other battles mm. and it's very common if you're kind of getting into it that's what they recommend they're like go watch a battle first and see how others do things and then come into it And you can opt to click on like the highest ranked battlers at the time Mm -hmm. because you can watch them live or you can watch replays. And, you know, once you have like that high elo, I've like had it sometimes and I, you know, it comes and goes. But you notice that when you get a little bit higher, um, people will randomly come into your, into your game and they'll comment like, why did you do this? And like this and that. Mm. And so they'll message you and try to like figure out your strategy because there are a lot of. Gimmicky plays in the lower tiers, hmm. you know, right when you start off, you're gonna have to face a lot of smeargles with spore or a lot of um, uh, what what is that bird Pokemon? I forget, um, it's like a oh, it has Brave Bird on it, but anyways, Brave- it it has um,
0: what, the Raptor or something, Raptor, Star yeah, raptor? Star
1: Raptor, I think it is, yeah, um. But, you know, put a focus sash on it and a quick attack and you'll pretty much always win. Mm. So it, it's stuff like that where it's like that's very gimmicky. But once you get into the higher ELOs, those are like they've seen it. You know, they've seen it all. Once you've been playing for a few months, like every gimmick is is has been used on you countless times. And so you know how to counter it. Okay. And once you know how to counter it, then, you know, it just becomes a game of numbers, a little bit of luck, a little bit of gambling. But, yeah, it's all math at the end of the day.
0: Dang, well there it is, there's the crash course. That's There it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so actually no, I wanted to get a little bit more in depth in because whenever you've got some something that's competitive, something that you've got multiple different characters that you can play as, you've got a, really a choice here, there's gonna be some sort of a meta game. there's gonna be some sort of mindset between why did you pick this, like you said, we you'd comment in like, why did mm-hmm. you do this move or something? Why would you pick this po- Pokemon over that Pokemon? So I wanted to ask, what is the current meta for constructing a decent competitive team how do you how do you go about that
1: so right now in the um, Pokemon team um, well it's a little bit different from you know emulators such as Pokemon showdown that are mostly online and actual VGC tournaments that take place like and are streamed to thousands of people across the world but they basically are organized into tiers so different Pokemon can be put into different tiers depending on kind of their competitive abilities and how common they are to find so you start with probably the highest tier, which is actually banned in VGC, which is called Ubers. Mm. And this takes into account your legendaries. Well, not all, but some, some like really, really powerful Pokemon, some Pokemon with abilities that are just like too insane to like, you know, stuff that is not easily counter countered. So say you have Arceus, like yeah. if you have an Arceus, even if it's a normal type, it's really, really difficult to take down.
0: It's the god of Pokemon. I mean, yeah, it's going to yeah. be unbalanced probably. So. And
1: unless you have another Arceus for like a Mega Rayquaza or, or something to counter it, like it's not going to be viable for you to be battling with other like Pokemon that are, you know, your Alakazams and your Chanseys. Like it's, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. So Ubers is kind of the highest tier. And then it, it kind of goes down from there. Except up, you have your OU team or overused um, and that's kind of like the bigger metagame, the more common one. It's what VGC bases a lot of their stuff on. So you have things like Scizor, you know, who can learn bullet punch and is really fast and agile, but not very bulky. You have things like Growlithe or uh, Arcanine, 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 who, you know, is it hits like a truck, but it's uh, weak to, to fire, rock, water. So you start to see like okay, it's a little more balanced and, and, you know, an Ubers team against an Ubers team is an even match. But an Ubers team versus an OU team is now like a slaughter, mm. right? And unless the OU, the person with the OU team gets lucky or something, it's no longer a balanced metagame. So these tiers kind of establish a balance where not just the players are matched, but the Pokemon are as well.
0: Okay, so say first I'm going to decide I want to play with Ubers and that way I can just play with the nonsense that's out there and then I get tired of that and then I decide, all right, well, I'm going to try OU. How do you start picking a team in OU? How do you say, well, I want to pick the best OU team? Well, how do you go about that?
1: So honestly, I, I one of the things that I like about Pokemon, like similar to chess because I also play chess, is that there's... A Thousand a million ways to win. So I've seen people destroy with entire teams of psychic types, you know, mm. you have Alakazam mega probably uh, Hypno some kind of like Malamar, you know the dark psychic even like Some unknown sometimes where they'll be, you know, they have one move but it's enough like mm. people can develop strategies within um, a metagame or a tier and they can just become, like, masters of it. And so it, it's really insane what some people do. And if you actually look up, like, YouTubers, they'll break it down. And it's almost like, well, actually, it is. It is like a science because they're like, okay, if you do Mega Charizard X with the choice band, then you can knock out the strongest Pokemon, which is a Mega Agron, or the most bulky Pokemon, in two, it's a two-hit KO. Mm -hmm. And so they break it down like that. And eventually it all becomes probabilities because Mm. Pokemon has a bit of a random number generator attached to it. Okay. So a move can hit between, you know, 80 and 160, something like that. Maybe it's not so drastic, but when you're going for the two hit KO, there's a probability that maybe you miss, maybe has a 95% accuracy rate. And so all these things, the player has to take into account and adjust their metagame accordingly. So I think that's what makes it more impressive, too, is that, like, it's not always 100% accuracy. There's, you know, things you can do to boost your stats. So it's it's constantly evolving.
0: Sure. Okay. I think that's a good differentiator between Pokemon and chess because with chess, of course, it's there's no random nature of it. It's very, it's all just skill-based, right? It's your mind against the others. Yeah. And with this, there is some some element of variance in there. I think that keeps things kind of fresh and interesting for example, I follow the competitive Magic the Gathering scene, I've mm-hmm. been doing that for a number of years, and it's all, I mean, it's very much skill based of course, but also, you're shuffling a deck of cards, you yeah. never know what you're gonna get on the mm-hmm. next draw, so there is there is that variance in there too. Okay, so it sounds like just about anything is is possibly competitive, you can make anything just about.
1: I've seen some, I've seen Garbodor, which is like, <laughs> traditionally, <laughs> like, you know, he's a trash Pokemon, it's, it's trash. literally trash, it's garbage. and I've seen <laughs> people like, demolish fairy types with it because Mm. you know poison beats fairy and so if you know how to switch in and you know like which pokemons are are which ones are are physically defensive versus specially defensive which ones hit hard and fast and like which ones don't so maybe put a focus sash on them like all these these like nuances you can adjust your your game to to fit and if someone wanted to get into it that's the first thing i would recommend go watch a youtube video go see how the pros do it because, you know, it's it's a lot like, I don't know, any other esports, CSGO, even to Fortnite. If you want to be good, you have to see people who are good.
0: Sure, yeah, definitely analyze the people who have made their success yeah. and uh, see what they're doing right. Absolutely. So is it is it enough to say, all right, I want to build a competitive team. This is my favorite Pokemon. That's my favorite Pokemon. This one's my favorite Pokemon. Is it is it hard for you to to try and build <laughs> up that team with your favorites and then go, you know pros don't really like this one. This one's not really that competitive. It's not seen in the scene a lot. It's 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 just not as inherently powerful. Does it feel bad for you personally to like just have to cut out that Pokemon because you know it's not that good? So
1: personally, I actually play with an OU team in an Ubers tier because I feel like it's it's more of a sense of accomplishment beating mm-hmm. an Ubers team with an OU team even though I probably lose you know, over half my matchups. And okay. it's just like, if winning is, is your only go-to, then you can just get a team of six RCSs and go to town. Yeah. So, but if, if, if it's more like competing and, and more like you want to get into the spirit of it, um, then I would suggest it's it's just trial and error. And it just boils down to, you know, is this my favorite Pokemon? Is it viable? Let's test it out and see. Because again... Every Pokémon has, you know, they might have a few different avail- abilities. They probably have a lots of different moves, and they probably have a wide array of items you can put on them. So, I've seen, uh, like, one of my favorite Pokémon of all time, actually, and don't laugh, it's um, Shuckle.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, well, okay, we're not actually live on air, so <sighs> I can say this. I've always loved the saying, you don't fuckle with the Shuckle. Oh, absolutely. Oh, you yeah. don't fuckle with the Shuckle.
1: <laughs> um, Super impressive. Like, Shuckle, just if you don't know the statistics, he has, or she, Shuckle has the highest special defense stat and is tied for the highest physical defense stat only with Mega Agron. Jeez. Yeah. Which is kind of balanced out by the worst, you know, attack and special attack stats and one of the worst speed stats. <laughs> but if you need a first entry setter to set up those entry hazards, oh, yeah. Get a Toxic on, stall them, like, yeah, there's a thing called Chesto Resto. So you put mm-hmm. a Chesto Berry on a Shuckle mm-hmm. or on any Pokemon, really. And, you know, if they're tanky enough and can take a few hits, you rest and then boom. Now you have, you know, double the hits that they can take. Jeez. And and I've seen people use it like in a almost menacing way where they'll just like keep toxic and toxicking oh. other, other Pokemon or the other players' mons. And then they just keep resting because, you know... It really takes a few hits to knock down chuckle unless like you can get up uh, a swords dance or Or um, you have like a special fighting type that's just like all attack But other than that like you're gonna have a really tough time taking out those those big tanks and so that's kind of like if you watch the youtubers that break it down into a science like if they Have a video they have lots of videos on assembling teams and they always say like you need something That's tanky, you know that you can switch in um, you need something that counters tanks so that's like super fast and super uh, um, uh, attacking, whether it be special or physical, you need someone to set up, you know, so someone to put in a sticky web or a stealth rock or just something that can slow or hinder the other person. you know, a stealth rock set up on the other team will take out any focus sashes. Mm. So it's kind of like these counters to counters to counters. And anticipating those is like that's the name of the game, basically.
0: Okay, yeah. Let's get into that. I wanna I want to know about this kind of like mind game. So when when you are up against a say you've got your team of, of how yeah. many three usually, right? It's uh, it depends three. on
1: the format, but typically it's six for OU.
0: Six for OU. Okay, yeah. so six on six. You see, they the team of six, and immediately before even just. Using your first move, I'm guessing that you're looking at the team and thinking they're probably going to have this. They're probably going to have that. They're swapping into this. Exactly. So you're just playing it out in your head like five moves in advance. Kind of like chess.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um. So, you know, the first thing you do, you see their team, they see your team, and you say, okay, they have a Charizard that's probably going to mega evolve into, you know, maybe Charizard Y. But it's probably a little more common than Charizard X. So that gives you drought, which is, you know... Mm. It weakens Hurricane. It does stuff like that, and uh, it's it's no longer viable for ground types because you know ground doesn't hit flying. So if you had a ground, you know a ground on in there, no longer. Mm-hmm. But super weak to um, rock. So you know you have a Regirock. It's a little slower. It's kind of tanky. So you can put in your Regirock first, and then they bring out the Charizard. Let's say they bring out the Charizard Y. So then they can either choose to hit you, and you know unless they have a fighting-type move, they probably won't do much damage. Um, or they can choose to switch out, and then if they switch out, then you get the chance to set up an entry hazard. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like, you know, you're you're predicting exactly what they're going to do, and you're not always right, but if you have an idea, and, you know, um, that's another thing. It, a lot of the teams on Showdown and on VGC are kind of predictable. So, mm-hmm. like, if you're in, the, especially if you're in the lower ELOs, You know, people watch from Learning Others and sometimes they take it a little too far where you'll see the exact team on like from a Mm -hmm. from a YouTube video on a person's team and you're like, I've seen this already, like I know you're gonna switch into Septile. You know, I'm gonna bring out a fire punch and knock you out right as you're getting in. Yeah.
0: Okay, that's cool that you that you if you research enough ahead of time and yeah. you really watch other famous YouTubers and stuff and how they influence the scene, then you're able to to know those counters.
1: Yeah. One like one Pokémon showing up on the VGC scene will mean that it's like going to be used for weeks. Mm. And so you can adjust to that and you know say it's if it's a I don't know, um, Pukumuku which is a super tanky water type. Mm-hmm. You can bring in, you know, a hard-hitting grass type like I don't know, shift tree or or mm. cacturn or, or something that's at least resistant to the water moves um, and resistant to you know the the counter and bind that pukumuku is like famous for.
0: Nice. Okay. Sweet. That's super interesting. I love this chess aspect. Oh, ah, yeah. makes me actually
1: one me. of the one of my favorite is um really common. Thing you'll you'll see is a smear goal with spore I think I m- might have mentioned it earlier mm-hmm. and so spore is a, a grass type move mm-hmm. so if you just switch into a grass type you're immune they can't do anything they have to switch out basically like mm-hmm. 90% of the time which gives you a chance to get either a free hit or an entry hazard up with right. no repercussions whatsoever
0: right is there a way to wipe out entry hazards
1: yeah um, so you have a few options you have defog Um, You have rapid spin, but Mm. each has like their own thing. So defog isn't an attacking move. So it just lowers evasion and wipes out hazards, Mm. but it also wipes them out for both sides. So if you have yours up and they have Mm. some up, then it'll wipe both out.
0: Double-edged sword. Yeah, double-edged
1: sword. As far as rapid spin goes, it's a normal type move. So, you know, its main use isn't attacking. it's, It's getting rid of the hazards, but if they bring out a ghost type, you can no longer attack with a normal type move. And so there's like the nuance of like they'll set up entry hazards and then <laughs> they'll bring out a ghost type and you can't do anything about it. Uh, ah, yeah. because
0: they see the wrap has been coming. Exactly. Uh-huh. And then, yeah, it doesn't work.
1: Or um, or one of my favorite is just don't let the entry hazards get to you in the first place. So one of my favorite Pokemon to use is Zatu. Oh yeah. Um, so he's like the Aztec or like- from
0: Gold Silver Crystal, yeah.
1: Yeah, and um, his ability or their ability is magic bounce. And so my favorite thing to do is just, you know, they bring out a Smeargle or a Shuckle or something that's going to set up like for sure. A Skarmory is really common too for setups. And then you just bring in your Zatu and it magic bounces back to them. Ooh. So, you know, they, they send out a Toxic, it goes back to them. They send out a Stealth Rock, it goes back to them. Ooh. And it's just like... That mind game of like, you can't see the other person, but you're getting in their head. and It's (laughs) it's really annoying when it happens to you, but it's really like fulfilling when when you can do it to someone else.
0: That's so cool. Oh, I love it. So, one of the things you touched on a little bit earlier is about how the VGC is in person. And so, since you're not, I'm I'm assuming that you're not playing an emulator when you're doing a VGC, right? No,
1: those are kind of like land style where you hook up your two DSs. And um, sure. and also one thing you'll notice is that at VGC tournaments, you have like people in the competition have pen and paper. And what they're doing is damage calculations typically. Whoa. So you know, there's a damage calculator that you can actually like pull up um, uh, on Smogon. And it, it basically factors in like, you know, uh, the arena weather. So like, is there a drought? Is there, you know, delta winds from from Mega Rayquaza the Pokemon's IVs is there electric terrain up you know I have it I have it in front of me and there's also Pokemon that are put into these categories like wall breaker or wall or tank or you know um things like that so just to give an example let's see uh Regigigas would be considered like a perfusion wall so Uh, Regigigas has the ability Slow Start, which mm-hmm. means that for the first five moves, they their speed and attack is halved, which means that they don't really do a whole bunch of damage for the first five moves. Mm-hmm. Um, but after, they have one of like the highest attacks and speeds in the game. The problem is they have to stay in for five turns consecutively, mm-hmm. and so it's really it's a really tanky Pokemon. But five turns of doing nothing will like knock it out. So a lot of people, uh, myself included, have put a paralysis, like a thunder wave or something, and a confusion on uh, Ridge Gigas. So now they can paralyze and confuse their opponent and they either have to switch in or you know or just keep trying, but paralysis like, stifles you sometimes, and so does confusion. So right. you have a higher chance of the other Pokemon not you know, not attacking at all. Um, and if they do attack, then it's Regigigas, so he'll be able to take, like, one or two hits. And so now they have the option of switching out, but if they switch out, they're just going to get paralyzed and confused again.
0: Right, right.
1: And so, <laughs> like, the ability Slow Start can be seen by a lot as a hindrance. Mm-hmm. But because it's such a tanky Pokemon and it will eventually get up to that special or that, that super high attack and speed stat, like, if you have it in those five turns after, on the sixth, it's unstoppable. Jeez. So people's entire game, like, is centered around getting him to that sixth turn. Mm. Or or they'll, you know, Swords Dance and Baton Pass into uh, Primal Groudon, in which mm. case, like... And then uh, one Rock Polish, and he's n- now Primal Groudon is faster and hits harder than most other Pokemon. So it's like you have these other teams that aren't really like um like there's not six good pokemon it's it's five like mediocre pokemon that all set up for like the one central the pokemon one. Yeah. right which is kind of a gamble and a gimmick because you know let's say that's a that's a primal kyogre now any grass type will kind of like knock it out sure maybe. so so it is a gamble but again it's all part of the meta game
0: okay well, before I go on then, first my quiz is, how do you take down this unstoppable Regigigas? What is the counter? Do you know?
1: The, I Personally, I would just not let it get to that sixth step. So, um, you know, if, it, if it's got Thunder Wave, you should bring out a ground type or an electric type that mm-hmm. is immune to Thunder Wave. Mm-hmm. Or, alternatively, uh, in doubles, it's really common that if, you know, you're going up against someone who has uh, like a poison or uh, paralysis to just burn your own Pokemon using a fire move. Oh, I've seen that too, because if you're burned, you can't have another status on you. Right. That's true. Yeah. And so there's actually a, a, an interesting uh, tactic used in, um, I think it's called almost any ability. So it's a, it's a different metagame that was published in Pokemon showdown Mm -hmm. where you can give just about any Pokemon, any ability and so you got Shed Ninja, right? who is famous for having one HP. Yeah. <laughs> and you gave them Sturdy. Oh. So Sturdy is uh, common with rock types. And it basically yeah. says that you survive anything with one HP.
0: Oh, no. Do you see where I'm going? Oh, no.
1: So any hit, for, well, which first of all, it'd have to be like like, you can hit and hit and hit, but a Sturdy... Shed Ninja will not die. Mm -hmm. So commonly, you know, the only counter to it is a toxic or uh, Mm -hmm. a burn. Okay. So sometimes if it's the doubles battles, they will paralyze their own Shed Ninja so he can't be status. Jeez. And so this becomes like, if you're playing doubles, there is a completely different metagame. And so every tier has its own little community of like players that just like, go really into the mechanics and like just try to explore like every little thing it's like if someone was a specialist in call of duty but only on one map you know because right to be a specialist in all things is kind of difficult so if you really want to hone your craft you really have to be in on one tier and uh for me it's probably ubers and anything goes anything goes being a step above ubers But there's also like Little Cup, which involves um, only Pokemon that are the first evolution. So, like your uh, Charmanders, your Bulbasaurs, um, and then goes all the way to anything goes. And then there's these weird ones too, like um, Balanced Tacmons, which is, I don't even really really know too much about it. But, you know, if you get into one of those matches, it's wild. And Hmm. then the one I mentioned earlier, which is almost any ability, where you can, you know, you know, you can give a, a Garchomp uh, you know, Levitate or something. So it's it's these crazy things where each tier is played completely differently.
0: Yeah, geez, mm-hmm. that is wild to think about. I can't even, because there's so many things to think <sighs> about countering stuff in just one of these normal OU or Uber sorts of fights, but then when you've Absolutely. got almost any ability, there's just, how can you even predict what the opponent could have? It's just, there's so many different combinations. Yeah. It's like near countless, that's, that's crazy to think. Mm-hmm. And what I wanted to touch on, though, because we were talking about how it's in person that you're doing these VGC competitions. Yeah. So that means because you're connecting DSs together, that means that you have to physically, on your end, raise that Pokemon in the right manner to be what you want it to be, correct?
1: Yes. Uh, So typically, like, certain Pokemon are better for certain, um, what is it, like adamant or serious natures yeah yeah natures. um and so they'll raise them specifically to be that like i think there's one where it's plus attack minus special attack and so that one's really common for things like infernape where it's like mm-hmm. hard uh physical attackers but you don't want a special attack because they don't really typically get special attack moves so yeah you'll have to raise it um yourself and also on top of that i think they cap it at level 50 just so it's mm-hmm. a fair fight because you know level 100s of everything will just destroy everything, like almost one-hit KOs. Sure. And so level, capping them at level 50 kind of makes the game a little more interesting and a little more played out where there has to be a little more strategy um, because you cannot one-hit KO everything.
0: Okay. Yeah, that's, that's a much better way to do <sighs> it, it sounds like. Now, I'm not sure how familiar you are with actually playing Pokemon in this manner versus doing an emulator where you can just kind of enter in, but ivs and EVs. can you do a little brief rundown of those
1: yeah um so your ivs are basically they're they're if you have a base of you know whatever the pokemon is your iv is whatever is is added to that base and then your EVs are usually centralized like ivs will typically be in all levels so hp special defense defense whereas EVs typically you'll see a centralization so I guess I can explain it better with examples. Uh, if you had a you know, a Mega Alakazam, you don't want to put their EVs into HP because they're not really a tanky build anyways. So you would typically see uh, Mega Alakazam carry um, EVs in special attack and speed. That's pretty much like the only ones you'll, you'll see it as. But you can change them just to change the game a bit. Hmm. So I actually run in a pretty odd Zatu. So I run Azatu with a high special attack, or a, sorry, a high special defense and a high HP, mm-hmm. um, which makes them kind of bulky to um, Mega Alakazams and you know Mega Gardevoir, and with that magic bounce, you know any entry hazard um, will kind of uh, be bounced back, and additionally you could put a Reflect on them to half. Um, physical damage, which means that they're now a wall towards special defense, special damage, physical damage, and any kind of like toxics or thunder waves. So that makes for a, a pretty good wall, unless you have like, you know, a knockoff or something like that, which defeats the psychic type. Um, so I'll, changing the EVs kind of allows you to tailor your game and kind of choose and, and pick and choose if you want your incineroar to be, you know, uh, super quick or, you know, super bulky because mm-hmm. there are options. Even though we sometimes think they're limited and for some Pokemon they kind of are, like Mega Alakazam, but for some they aren't. Yeah.
0: Okay. And just to to be totally clear, IVs <sighs> and EVs, so these are hidden values, right? There's some something you can't really know exactly what they're at. Yes. Um, but with one of them, I forget which one it is, you go to like some sort of NPC in the game and you talk to them with the Pokemon right and they say oh this person is but this Pokemon has like Outstanding capabilities in this area in this area in this area something like that, right? Yeah mm-hmm. Okay, and then the other one I'm, I'm guessing that's probably the Eevee's is the one that you raise up like you have to train the Pokemon in a certain way Yeah, I think it was yeah
1: Eevee's is I think where you give them the nature um, so serious adamant calm relaxed okay. things like that and so Typically, you'll see, uh, like I have the calculator in front of me, bold is plus defense minus attack. So a tanky build like Miltank will probably get this so that they can set up entry hazards and a toxic without getting too much damage put on them. Um, So in the Pokemon Showdown game, These are kind of uh, given to you, but in the real game, like in the BGC game, you would have to raise your Pokemon as such.
0: Right, which is a lot of work, if I recall. (coughs) I remember, I think, trying to make just like this really crazy, powerful uh, Tyranitar, and I bred and bred and bred for what was literally days to try and get just the right Larvitar (coughs) that I wanted. Uh, yeah, that's a crazy amount of work even further just to think about. Like you've got all these different things to think about when you're battling, but even before then, you're this Pokemon breeder if you want to do it yeah. in this way, which is mm-hmm. oh,
1: so much work. And then that's not to mention, you know, when if you see the the VGC finals like in Oceania or in in Latin America and in, in Europe, those are just the finals. Like that's not considering all the regional tournaments and like national tournaments that they had to go through to get to where they are. And so, once you see them on like the final podium, it's like that's like even a third place is like that's impressive because even if they weren't the best in the world maybe they're the best in the u.s and like how many pokemon players are there in the u.s yeah (laughs) so so it's still like impressive to to say you know and that's kind of what i what i think about all these sports where it's like you know yes it is just a video game but being the best at anything is really really impressive you know like Yo-yoing is kind of impressive, but if you're the best yo-yoer in the world, that's really impressive. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Something about anything that you can really dedicate yourself to and, and exhibit that, I think it's just, whoa, there's someone out there that's put this much time and this much effort, or sometimes this much money into yeah. this that they are really passionate about.
1: And like I said, like if you take away the animations, the sprites, and you know the cool flashy gimmicks... Pokemon is ultimately just a game of math. It it mm. boils down to that calculator and that's why they have their pen and pencil and they're saying they're basically seeing what probability do I have to win with my current setup? Should I switch? Should I attack? What should I attack? You know, all these questions go round their head and it, it goes around my head when I play. And so it becomes, you know, ultimately, like I said earlier, a game of numbers where you're just, you know, tied to learning the EVs and the IVs and and, you know, the natures and and what the other person might do, and taking all that into account and thinking of your best possible option.
0: Jeez, that is so fascinating. Hmm. All right, so say I am looking to get into competitive Pokemon battling. Let's say I built up my team, I watched some YouTube videos, and I built up this team that I really like. What are some of the common pitfalls that I might encounter as a newbie to the scene?
1: So, typically a lot of the times, I see that a lot of people don't want to change their setups. Mm. So, you know, they kind of have that initial bias where they go in already having built a team and saying, this is a really good team. And then they get in and they don't win any battles. And they're like, well, maybe it's just me. But it could also very much be the team. So it kind of like poker, while it is based a lot on skill, the initial setup that you're given, which you choose yourself in Pokemon, will... Ultimately, a lot of the time determine, you know, the outcome and sometimes it's just impossible to win, you know, even with the really good team that I think I've honed over the years. I get some matchups where I'm just like I like most of my Pokemon are actually grass type and that's just my preference. Mm. And so I have certain counters to fire types like, uh, you know, a hidden power water or um, a hidden power ground or earthquake or something like that. But going up against a team of all fire Pokemon, I have no matchup whatsoever. Mm. So I'm kind of banking that there will be this diversity, uh, on the team, which brings me to my next point, which is that, you know, if you have, I don't know, um, uh, a nine tails, not the Alolan, but just like a regular nine tails, which is just fire. Mm-hmm. Do not put just like all fire moves on it. Like that is probably the worst thing you can do. You want a diversity on that Pokemon where yes, maybe a really powerful fire move because they have drought so like overheat or something. But also, you know, include a hidden power ice to take out dragons. A um uh, maybe a psychic move to take out poison types and and you know um fighting types. Um And it all depends on the matchups too. So fire is typically resistant to um, grass and fire already beats grass. But maybe, you know, they bring out a grass type and you have your nine tails. They're going to switch into uh, a water type. So you put a hidden power electric and boom, you got it. There it is. Yeah. And so I think also like, you know, in, in similar to many things of life, having a good diversity of Characters on your on your Pokemon team will help you succeed, but also I think it just boils down to trial and error. You know, if you're if you're new to the metagame, you'll be launched into the very like bottom tier elos. So chances are, everyone you're battling will probably be new too.
0: Okay, all right, that's good to know. Thinking about the the diversity reminds me a lot of. Of finances and how you should be investing in mutual funds versus just individual stocks exactly everyone's like oh I need to get a bunch of this Tesla or a bunch of this Amazon because it's high high return but it's also very high (sighs) risk and so just kind of spreading out the love across all these different funds means if one thing takes a dump or if you know if you just the the cards are against you then uh, you're still gonna be able to weather the storm so yeah that's a good point I think I remember a long time ago when I saw a competitive Raichu, because I love Raichu. It's one of my favorite yeah. Pokemon. Mm-hmm. And I saw on its move set, I was thinking, okay, Thunder, good, right? Makes sense. Thunder Wave, sure. Okay, good. Okay. Surf. Interesting. Yeah. Raichu with Surf. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And so I didn't even think that you could teach a Raichu Surf necessarily. Of course, now they have uh, the Alolan Raichu, which actually does Surf on its own tail. Yeah. Just mm-hmm. super cute. I love that. Oh, it's so, so. Some of good. the
1: Alolan forms, I have to say, are really cool. Like the Alolan Ninetales, now that we're on the subject, Yeah. Ice fair. Like, it looks so dope. Like, really cool. Um,
0: I but, love yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you so
1: have Alolan Duck trio.
0: I can't. <laughs> it's just,
1: it's it just like, the hair is just so funny.
0: Every time I see that, even just hearing you say it, I die. That it, stupid hair is so good. Yeah. Or yeah. the executor, too. I,
1: I, I hate the design, but the typing, like, grass dragon... Like the grass dragons that exist um, aren't like my favorite, Hmm. and so Executor Alolan Executor being grass dragon, I think it's really cool. And again, it has that low speed stat, but Mm. you know, you put a focus sash on it and it can special attack anything into oblivion. So, yeah,
0: anything can work. I love it. All right, so just real quickly, let's wrap up. Uh, so places that people want to go to if they want to learn more. So, I heard. Smogon University.
1: Yes, right. uh, Smogon University. Um, and you can check out actually their damage calculator. They're um, the hosts of Pokemon Showdown. And they also do tutoring. So, you know, if you go in and you say, hey, I- I'm new to this. Let's let's learn a little bit. Also, a lot of YouTubers out there that exist. Um, that's, there's Elo Bandit. Um, Elo Bandit specializes a lot in gimmick videos. So mm. teaching you what a gimmick is and how to do it and mostly how to counter it. Um, so, you know, they'll break it down into a complete, complete science and they'll say, you know, uh, you have this uh, Drift Blim with uh, Minimize on it. How do you get around that? And the answer is a No Guard, you know, that oh. that that's the ability of like matchamp and some other Pokemon that basically makes it so that every move hits on them and to, to them. Oh. Yeah. Hmm. Or, or putting a move that doesn't check accuracy like Steel Strike. Um, from Cartana, you know, things like that. Um, So they'll teach you kind of, you know, the ins and outs of it. Also, there's a channel I like to watch called The Garboders, which is some, like, Polish dude and just, like, (laughs) doing a bunch of challenges and they're really funny. Uh, Like, there's one where he does, like, I think it's, like, uh, what are those, like, uh oh sunkern he does six oh. he, it's six sunkerns <laughs> versus an ubers team <laughs> and like actually one of them comes pretty close to winning and so it's like it really kind of gives that message of like anything is viable if like you try jeez yeah. also pokemon showdown itself has different rooms that you can join there's like special tutoring rooms for each tier so overuse, underused you know there's even one for monotype if you like you're like I love steel types and I'm just going to dedicate myself to steel types and learning all about them and honestly I think just also like playing um the DS games like I don't play them as much as I used to but I used to play them a lot as a kid and that's kind of what what got me into it you know um and finally I'd say just watching battles and studying the typings because there are some crazy like resistances and weaknesses that you would never would have thought of like I didn't know that uh, rock resisted poison, so oh
0: yeah, yeah. I guess that's true. Mm-hmm. Thinking about that, yeah, yeah.
1: Because it, it all take it like this is all what factors into the damage calculator, where it's like one fourth damage or two times damage or you know four times damage in the case of like a rock move versus a fire flying type, and so uh, or a bug flying type. So these things kind of have to be taken into account, and so studying those type matchups uh, will give you kind of an edge um especially because pokemon showdown has a timer on it and so kind of like chess you have to be quick with your decisions so if you have it known internally like you know that bug and grass are weak to flying so a bug grass type is going to be you know four times weak to flying sure then you know you might have an edge
0: okay so uh and just to be clear so also pokemon showdown nothing you need to download right
1: no no it's an emulator you play online um and if you want to play just random battles, you I don't think you have to make an account. Um, mm. But it, to make an account is completely free, um, and it was picked up by Smogon a few years ago, and it's now like one of the more famous ones. It gets like you know, on a on a slow day maybe ten thousand active users at a time, and on a on a high pace day maybe like up to twenty twenty thousand, um, and that's like people who are actively like just on just right now. There's currently over fourteen hundred active battles, and so. Wow each of them are different tiers and different formats and different ELOs and so you can go in and and see what's working for other people and you know, maybe it works for you, maybe it doesn't. So, just trial and error.
0: Jeez. And just to echo also Smogon University, I did look into a little bit while I was actually working on the Pokemon Crystal episode and because I was curious, like, what is a decent competitive team specifically for Gold, Silver, Crystal? And you are able to look kind of almost like a time capsule look. You're able to go mm-hmm. in back to the gold, silver, crystal days and see what did they think when that was the only Pokemon that were available. So I really liked the fact that there's. it's not just constantly updating with more information for the new Pokemon coming out and everything is just kind of overriding itself. No, there is a history and it still exists and it's all at Smogon.
1: Yeah, there's actually a YouTube channel. I can't remember what it's called right now, but they focus on the history of certain Pokemon and competitive battling. Mm. So I just watched one today on Alakazam because, like, this is one of my favorites. And they said that basically, until Alakazam got Magic Guard, which prevents it from being hurt by anything except uh, direct attacks, Um, Mm. so not toxic, not entry hazards, not, you know, bind or anything like that, before that, they weren't really used. And after that, they saw a resurgence. So it's kind of interesting to see like, you know, the evolution of the battle within this one Pokemon's like mechanic and that kind of expands to the greater game. And also the tiers, while I mentioned like OU and Ubers, they're they're super dynamic and they're constantly changing. Um, They have uh, commonly what's called suspect tests. So they'll like say, okay, Mega Garchomp, let's move it up from OU to Ubers. Here's why. And then they'll have like a board or a panel of like people trying to decide, like, should it be an Uber? Should it be an OU? Should it be kind of in between? Mm. Um, Just to kind of like, you know, constantly evolve the game. And if or when a new generation comes out, that's going to like completely revamp it. Right. So I'm excited for that, too.
0: Oh, yeah. I love how scientific it is. Yeah, just being able to to always be reflecting and thinking, experimenting on on if this Pokemon is, is still okay to be in this particular tier if it needs to get bumped up and how that changes. I love that. So yeah. good. Uh, last and final question, because I'm sure everyone out there wants to know right now, what is your team? You mentioned Zatu. I want to know the rest.
1: Uh, okay. Um, so I'll give you... I, I mentioned that I play uh, OU, um, or I play... That anything goes in Ubers formats with an OU team. And so um, I'll kind of give it to you here. Um, So I'm not typically a fan of the Ultra Beasts, but Cartana has a special place in my heart Mm. um, because it's not only pretty... um, Well, it's super physically attacking, but it's also pretty tanky in defense. And so it's able to switch into a physical attacker, save it, well, since it's grass and steel, like any fire move will just destroy it yeah um but if it's not fire or ground or flying typically it'll survive a hit and you know the ultra beast having beast boost you know if it can knock anything out it's unstoppable so Mm -hmm. i'll typically switch it into like a weak pokemon and then just keep going from there um i also have uh superior um which runs the contrary so you know if you have a sticky web up um that lowers your speed but since superior has contrary it it makes it higher and also, you know, a Leaf Storm, which typically lowers your, your special attack, now makes it twice as high. Mm. Um, I also run a Mega Alakazam. I talk about it a lot and it's because <laughs> I, I use it quite commonly. And I run it with an Encore because it's so quick that, you know, if you, if you have someone else setting up Entry Hazard, you can just Encore them. And yeah, it's a really easy way nice. to get them either to switch out or to just like keep stealth rocking and stealth rock only works once. I also run uh, an Ampharos. Not Mega. Oh, I love um, Ambrose. Yeah, ver- pretty slow and not super tanky, but a very high special attack and a very high HP. Um, I also put a balloon on it, so it's not weak to ground initially, hmm. which means that you know a Groudon will have to attack it with a fire move and then hit it with a um, what is it, uh, ground move? Earthquake and, or something. Yeah, and in that in in that scenario, I can either switch out to, you know, another tanky Pokemon. Or like a flying type or something that's not affected by ground. I also run a uh, pavilion, um, which is not super common. Hmm. Um, the bug flying type, which is super weak to rock. Um, yeah. But I just, you know, spam that sleep powder. And it's it's a pretty fast Pokemon already, but you get a quiver dance up and, it, and it's, it's super, super quick. Hmm. And um, it'll be just about anything except something with like speed boost or a priority move. And finally, Zatu with magic bounce and some some thunder waves on it. So it can bounce back those entry hazards, serves as a kind of a tanky build. And um yeah, it'll get knocked out pretty quick with the physical attack, but you know, if it magic bounced a uh, South Rock, it did its job. So sweet. Yeah.
0: Outstanding. I love it. I love that they're they're also Pokemon that you personally enjoy as they're just their existence, right? Like the Ultra Beast you said Kartana, and also uh Mega Alakazam. Yeah. Now, yeah. real quick, Mega Alakazam though, because Alakazam on its own has like two spoons in its hand. Does it, Mega Alakazam have like eight spoons or something like that? So what?
1: Mega, Al- oh, so Alakazam has like the you know the two spoons in his hand, It's kind of bending them. Right? Mega Alakazam has like six spoons above its head, just like <laughs> floating them. Of course. Yeah, and it's it's just really cool. It's it's attack stat is like super minimal, but like when you have Shock that hits using your special attack stat, but their defense stat. Like it's it's just a hard hitter. So
0: outstanding. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Miguel, for this just workshop masterclass on. Of course, like, I I
1: didn't even, and to be completely honest, I didn't even scratch the surface because oh. every day I'm learning new techniques and and you know new forms, and so are these YouTubers because they keep putting out new videos and they're like, hey guys, I just found this. So it the game's constantly evolving. I think that's one of the things I like about it most too.
0: That is so wild. For a game that's been out since like 96, 97 in Japan. That's yeah. that is mighty It's as present.
1: old as I am and here I am still playing it. So.
0: <laughs> there we are. So everyone don't forget go and check out Smog on University, Pokemon Showdown. Check out those YouTubers that Miguel mentioned earlier, Elo Bandit and uh The Garboders. The Garboders, Gar- that's what it was. And uh, yeah, go and check out, uh, if you aren't already, the website, lagradio.kuci.org, our various different social media outlets, of course. Lag Radio is on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And uh, yeah, we will see you next time for a full episode. Hopefully we can get you in on another future episode, Miguel. Uh,
1: Absolutely. There's a lot of franchises I'm a fan of, so.
0: Cool. We'll be in talks. All right. All right. Thanks for
1: having me.